Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Bethel Church podcast. It's a privilege to be able to share a few thoughts with you uh, over this uh, medium of podcast once more. Sad news this week that uh, Captain Sir Tom Moore has passed away. One inspiration, he has been recently. But the words that he's echoed throughout the country in the last several months, uh, as we know, have been tomorrow will be a better day. And as I share this podcast, I would just encourage you to think about tomorrow as being a better day. And maybe some of the words I'm able to share with you uh, this morning will help you to understand that tomorrow could be a better day for you. If you want a title for this morning's podcast, it's going to be The Adventure. The Adventure. We start off by asking, if you were to go back in your life, depending on how old you are, but if you were to go back 5, 10, 15, or even 20 years and look forward to today, would you be happy with where you are now? Would you have changed things? And of course, we all would change something. But would you have changed anything that's happened in a major capacity in your life over the past years? Overall, how happy are you? How happy are you from where you once were to where you are right now? In Shanghai, China, there are cafes called Mo Mi Cafes. There you can enjoy coffee and treats, but you can also send yourself a postcard that will be mailed to you in five years' time. If you were to mail yourself a postcard to be delivered in five years' time, what would you write on it? In Mark 1, verses 16 to 20, we read that Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he called Simon and Andrew. A little further on round the lake, he called James and John. I wonder if these four had stopped for a coffee by the Sea of Galilee and sent themselves a postcard to be mailed five years later, what would they have written on it? How about one word? Adventure. Most of you listening today have been called in the same way that Simon, Andrew, James and John were called, and that's simply to follow Jesus. In your calling and in your following, are you living a life of indifference or are you living a life of purpose, a life of boredom or a life of adventure? If your past 10, 15 or 20 years have brought you disappointment, then you have probably been living a life of indifference. But if your past 10, 15 or 20 years have brought you happiness, fulfilment and pleasure, then you have probably been living a life of purpose. Even in a life of purpose, the devil tempts us into discouragement. I want to advise you to make your tomorrow a little bit brighter. Don't be discouraged by your current circumstances. Don't let the devil get a hold and bring you down. Your current circumstances may appear bleak, dismal or even devastating, but God is saying, don't give up. You know, one of the biggest questions that's asked in the church is this. Why is this happening 
to me. I don't know, I might be speaking to somebody this morning who utters those words. Why is this happening to me? And I can tell you why. Through everything that happens in your life, God's want to, God wants to use it to make you more like Jesus. God's foremost aim is not your comfort. God's aim is your character. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. There are many times when the lowest points in your life are actually the launch pads into God's promotion for your life. Let's look briefly at the life of Joseph. And we all know who Joseph is in the scriptures and we know his story. But Joseph lived a life of purpose. His life was driven, but he certainly went through some ups and a lot of downs. But think of this. If Joseph hadn't been betrayed by his brothers, he wouldn't have been sold as a slave. If he hadn't been sold as a slave, he would not have been in Potiphar's house. If he was not in Potiphar's house, he would not have been thrown into an Egyptian prison that was meant specifically for the king's prisoners. If he was not in that specific prison, he would not have interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh's officers. If he had not interpreted their dreams, he would not have been summoned to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. If he had not interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, Pharaoh would not have promoted Joseph to become his prime minister over the whole Egyptian empire. The Lord had turned Joseph's darkest hours into Joseph's greatest hours. Joseph experienced more ups and downs than many of us will. But Joseph lived the life of adventure. Joseph lived a life of purpose. Joseph didn't give up and Joseph didn't look back. I believe each one of us called by God are called to live a life of purpose. But remember, success is not measured in comparison to the accomplishment of others. Success is fulfilling the purpose that God has assigned to us. To be a purpose-living church, we need to grow stronger through worship, grow warmer through fellowship, grow deeper through discipleship, grow broader through ministry, and grow larger through evangelism. In a similar way, the same is true of your life and my life. When you fulfill these purposes, you will please God because you were planned for God's pleasure. That's worship. You were formed for God's family. That's fellowship. You were created to become like Christ. That is discipleship. You were shaped for serving God. That's ministry. And you were made for mission. That's evangelism. This is how lives of purpose tie together. A purpose-driven church is a church that is filled with people living with purpose-driven driven lives. 
If we do not fulfill God's purpose in our lives and God's purpose for his church, we not only fail God, we fail a community that is in desperate need of Jesus. To have Christian adventure and to live a purpose-driven life, you need God-given power. I just wonder, when was the last time you experienced God-given power? Some people, some Christians have experienced God's, God's given power in a mighty way. Other Christians haven't experienced the God-given power that they're entitled to in their Christian walk. Acts 1 verse, verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus gave us this beautiful promise, a promise that his, that his powerful spirit will dwell in those who believe in him. When the disciples were filled with the spirit, we read in scripture, they couldn't contain it. The spirit motivated and empowered them to, to become witnesses to the ends of of the earth. The Holy Spirit is living inside of us and he gives us the power to live purpose-driven lives. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, for the Spirit of God gave us, sorry, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love and self-discipline. Is the power of Christ evident in your life? If not, do you ever wonder why not? I would just like to share with you three reasons why the power of God might not be in your life and is causing you to miss out on a life of purpose. The first one is we can feel powerless because we don't expect the power Bishop Noah Moore told a story of a crowd that went up to the top of a hill to pray for rain. Drought had devastated the area, cattle and crops had died and the land was parched. As the crowd went up the hill, an African-American lady joined them. She had a raincoat, a rain hat on, and she was carrying an umbrella. To be truthful, she looked quite silly. Someone asked her, what are you doing dressed like this? It hasn't rained here for months. Her faith-filled response was priceless. Why are you climbing this hill? If I ask God for rain, I expect a downpour. The key to experiencing the, experiencing the power of God in your life is expect something to happen. Unfortunately, many of us miss out on the power promised by Christ because our spiritual imaginations are closed and we don't expect anything to happen. You know, one thing is God will never force his power upon you. The power of God often lies dormant under a thick cloud of low expectation. Secondly, we feel powerless because we neglect the power. 
You know, no matter what car we drive, or motorbike I ride, no matter how many horsepowers it has, it could do 0-60 to 60 in 2.5 seconds. But it's useless without fuel. How about you? Are you trying to run on empty? Have you done so much that you find yourself running on fumes? Have you been giving and giving and giving and do not have much left to give? And then you wonder why. It's probably because you have neglected the power of the one who lives within you. When was the Holy Spirit asked for by yourself? When is the last time that you prayed for the Holy Spirit to empower you? You know what? You possess a generator within you, a power source. You don't have to face life powerless. I believe even today the Holy Spirit is saying to you, I'm here to sustain you. I'm here to guide you. I am here to empower you. And thirdly, we feel powerless because we are afraid of the power. There are many in church that resist the power of Christ because they are afraid of what it might compel them to do. Are you on the edge of an incredible God-driven, given destiny? You know of God's power, but something in you is hindering you. Could you be afraid of what others will think? Could you be afraid of failure? Could you be afraid of a change in your comfortable lifestyle? Or maybe you're simply afraid. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. You know, God's perfect love drives out all fear. The power of God is at your fingertips. You have access to the power of God that will allow you to do something incredible for the kingdom. I would just say, don't be afraid of releasing the power that lives within you. Instead, embrace it for your destiny. When you recognise and unleash the power of Christ that lives in you, watch out, because amazing things will happen. Your life will turn from a life of indifference to a life of purpose. You will begin to do things that you never thought you could do. You will influence people who you never thought that you would influence. You will be driven by a purpose larger than yourself and you will become the person that God intended you to be. In closing, I dare you to let the power of Christ inspire you. I dare you to let the power of Christ lead you. I dare you to let the power of Christ transform you into the person of purpose that he wants you to be. I dare you to set your world on fire with the love of Jesus. I dare you. Amen.